If you would turn in your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 43, this is a familiar passage of Scripture, and I believe that you'll hear the voice of the Lord just through his word that he wrote on our behalf. Isaiah chapter 43, and we're focusing in on verse number two. Notice, hear the word of the Lord. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. And I'm speaking today from the subject, the way out is through. The way out is through. I know that you wish that you can actually have a shortcut, but here's a secret. The shortest distance out of whatever situation that you're in is through. It's a long way if you have to go around something. The shortcut is to go through, but the shortest way is not always the easiest way. What is this really saying to us when he says that when you pass through the waters, notice what he says, when you pass through the waters, things that are deeper than what you are, notice the promise he gives us. He says, I will be with you. So I want you to understand what God is saying very clearly here because here it is in a nutshell. God is saying, God will never call you to do something that he expects you to do without him. God will never call you to do something that he expects you to do without him. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. I'm not expecting you, God is saying, to go through deep situations, hot situations, difficult situations without me. That whenever you go through these trials, I'll be with you. If you're dealing with abuse, God says, I'm with you. If you're in pain, I'm with you. If you're frustrated, I'm with you. If you're confused, I'm with you. If you're scared to death, I am with you. He said, I won't call you to do anything that I expect you to do without me. And listen, you're going to deal with some stuff that's going to make you feel as though you are drowning. He says, when you pass through the waters, your focus has got to be on going through, not not what you're experiencing at the moment, but I, I'm going through this because I'm going to something. But my, my quickest journey to is actually to go through. And when you're going through hot situations that should burn you to a crisp, God's promise to us is that you will not be burned. He says, I'm not going to let the hot water that you're in destroy your life. You may be in trouble, but God says, I'm not going to let the trouble destroy you. I'm with you even in the midst of that. And listen, I know when you get in, in, in over your head, you're feeling like you're, you're drowning. You can owe so much money that you're drowning in debt. See, sometimes we don't understand, and so I have to give you the broader version of this. When you pass through the waters, when you get in, in debt over your, over your head, it's so easy to do to spend more than what you make because of this thing called credit. And you can find yourself drowning, sweltering in it. And he says, when, whenever you are drowning, he says, I'll be with you. You made some stupid decisions, but I will be with you even in your stupidity. Isn't it good to know that God does not forsake us even when we make stupid decisions? You know, there are some folks that if, if, if you're their friend and you make too many stupid decisions, they'd they be backing away from you like, I don't know that dude. 
And, but God will say, you know what? They're still my child. And I'm still with them. I'm going to be with them. Even though they made bad, poor decisions, I am going to be with you. When you pass through the waters, and, and I like the way that it phrases it because he's, he's letting you know, he's, he didn't say when you get stuck in the water. He's, he's saying when you pass through it, get the perspective that God is taking you through. I'm going through. I'm moving through this thing. I am not stuck. And see, the, the deal is, it's when you are passing through the waters, you feel like the waters will never end. You feel like this is an extended journey and I'm stuck here. You're not stuck. You're moving through. You're moving through. The only way, the quickest way out is through. You've got to go through. You can't do this in your own strength. And that's why God says, when you pass through the waters, I am with you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Remember Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. It says, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Touch somebody and say, all things are possible. You have to know that with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. I can't, do, I can't handle this debt by myself. I can't deal with an abusive relationship by myself. But with God, all things are possible. I can't raise these children by myself, but with God, all things are possible. How many of you all have gone through some things that you know that if God had not been with you, you would have lost your mind? I mean, you have dealt with some stuff. I mean, if God... Because life will hit you on the blind side with some stuff that you never expected to happen to you. And you can find yourself in the middle of stuff that has you over your head and in hot water and in hot situations. And if God didn't be there with you, you couldn't have made it. With God, all things are possible. And I just want to ask you this question. What is it that you need to go through? What is it that you need to go through? Because sometimes God's trying to develop you and he's got to send you through something to help grow you up. You remember Jesus' disciples? They, they, they came to Jesus one day and they said, Master, teach us to pray. They, they came, to, uh, you know, as John has taught his disciples to pray. They said, teach us to pray. It's a dangerous request, prayer request, when you ask Jesus to teach you to pray. He didn't say teach us how to pray. He said teach us to pray. If you ever ask Jesus to teach you to pray, guess how he teaches you? He will introduce such adversity and conflict and consternation into your life because nothing teaches you to pray like trouble. Nothing, nothing, nothing teaches you to pray like trouble. So he said, teach us to pray. He didn't say teach us how to pray. He just said, teach us to pray. You can know how to pray and not pray. But when you get in trouble, you start praying. So it says, teach us to pray. That's why I said that's a dangerous prayer to pray. T teach us to pray. Teach us, Lord, I know I haven't been praying like I should. You better go on and start praying because if you don't start praying, God will send some stuff your way that will drive you to your knees. I'm just telling you, God won't make you do right, but he sure will make you wish you had done right. Yes, he will. But what is it that you need to go through? What is it that you need to go through? What is it that you need to go through for your own strength, for your own growth, for your own development? What is it that you need to go through? There were some things that Jesus needed to go through. St. John chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus said, uh, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. He said, I got to go through Samaria. 
It wasn't the shortest distance to where Jesus was going. Jesus said, I got to go through here because I've got, there's a woman there that I'm going to use to spark revival. She'll be at a well. And then furthermore, I've got to deal with social injustice there because the Samaritans are the despised distant cousins of the Jews and, and they don't have dealings with each other. And he says, I've got to go there and confront that disparity. I've got to deal with that. And, and then there's some feminist stuff that's, that's going, well, there's, there's some, some stuff that's going against women because they're being treated like second-class citizens. And Jesus said, I've got to go there and deal with, with, with a woman because it was not kosher for men to deal with women in public alone. And Jesus met the woman at a well and ignored all of the cultural rules. Because he was dealing with social justice. Jesus is concerned about social justice because he loves you. And he's always on the side of the underdog. The ones that's being abused. He's going to the one that's hurting. The one that's suffering. Because God's a God of justice. So when there is injustice, guess who shows up? The God of justice. He is a just judge. He is the God of justice. He is the God of justice. So Jesus had to go through Samaria. And he pointed out, I must needs go through Samaria. That's the old King James Version. But he says, I got to go through. I got to go through. He must needs go through Samaria. And you see, you have to understand that sometimes God delivers you from the fiery furnace. Other times he makes you fireproof. And when God makes you fireproof, you've got to go through it. He has built you to go through it. He's given you the shoes to go through it. He's given you the, the suit to go through it so you can come through it and not be burned. You, you'll come out of a, a fiery situation and you won't even smell like smoke. It, it, you know, let me, let me make this plain to you. When he says you, you'll go through the fire and, and it won't scorch you, it, neither will the flame kindle upon you. In other words, let me, let me give you the broader interpretation of this. He, he's saying you won't look like what you've been through. That's all he's saying. That you'll go through some really hot situations and some stuff that could really damage you. He says, but people, when they hear your testimony and look at you, they won't believe that you have been through what you've been through. He says, when I bring you out of this, they will not believe that you endured the torment, the abuse, the terror, the neglect. They won't believe that you went through and de dealt with all of this because God says, I'm sustaining you because I'm with you. I'm with you and I will sustain you. I'll lift you up. I'll sustain you with my right hand. So when God is with you, he'll help you to do some things that other folks don't even understand about you. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, uh, Paul writing to Timothy, he says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That's a sign, baby girl and baby boy, saying, listen, you got to grow up here. Don't, don't ask for a soft, easy bed. Smooth seas never made good sailors. And he's saying, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Who in the world told you that when you got saved, you weren't going to have any more trouble? Sometimes giving your heart to Jesus is the beginning of sorrows. I mean, if we can just be real and tell you the truth about it. Because you see, as long as you're moving in the direction of the devil, he'll send the wind to your back and help propel you further in a wrong direction. But as soon as you turn, now you've got winds of adversity. Now the devil is coming against you. I've had so many people 
as soon as they get saved, they, they, they're like, well, you know what? I wasn't having this kind of time when, you know, not when I was, before I was saved. I wasn't, but look, as soon as I'm trying to do right, look like everything, my cheering just gone, my, my car broke down, to, my plumbing went out, my refrigerator went out, and my starter in my car went out, and I, my hip went out. And, and they just start, stuff starts going wrong. As soon as you get saved, like all hell breaks loose. He says, you must therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He didn't come to Mammy Pammy, a soldier. You're a soldier in the arm of the Lord. You know, he says, endure hardness, endure, toughen up, toughen up. Toughen up, baby girl, baby boy. He says, I got an assignment for you, and I'm going to send you to do something not that a little girl can do and a little boy can do. I'm going to send you something to do something that it takes a man to do. you got to be a man of war. You're going to have to be a warring woman. You're going to have to be an intercessor. You're going to have to stand up and allow people to say things to you that used to make you cry, but now it drives you to your knees and said, in the name of Jesus, you've got to be able to speak in the name of Jesus to say, I'm not that little boy, that little girl with tender feelings. I've got the strength of God. You must endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I've never seen a mature soldier who has not been through hardness. I've never seen anybody live into old age and gray hair that has never had any hardness to endure over. Just ask anybody with gray hair. Ask anybody with wrinkles in their face. Ask anybody whose hair has turned gray or turned loose. Ask them, ask them, ask them. Ask anybody who has raised children. Ask anybody who has stayed in a marriage any considerable number of years. Ask anybody who's lived down here and has had to pay taxes. Ask anybody. But God wouldn't tell us to endure something if he were going to lead us around it or deliver us out of it. But when he tells you endure, it is God's signal to you, you got to go through this. You've got to go through this. You've got to go through this. Stop asking God to deliver you out of what he intends for you to be strengthened through, matured through, empowered through. You can make it through this because God's trying to get a testimony to you. How can you have a testimony to speak strength into somebody else's life if you've always dealt with weakness all of your life and never allowed God to to cause you to be able to endure a situation? And here's what happens. You know, people get saved and most people, they overestimate the results and underestimate the process. They overestimate the results and they underestimate the process. It's amazing. They have no clue as to what it takes to go through something and accomplish something of value. Let me show you a little picture of success. You see there on one side what people think it looks like? And you see what it really looks like? Most people think that it's a straight shot. That you know what? You just, you you open up your business, you file your little license with the Secretary of State, you know, you get your little thing. And, you know, you just, you think, you know, but I got a cash cow coming in now. It's not as easy as it looks. Trust me. Just ask anybody who's in business. 
Ask anybody who's in business. It's not as easy as it looks. You set up your business, and then they, they never told you that you'd have employees to steal from you. Folks that are lazy, and, and they didn't tell you that not everybody who's looking for a job is looking for work. <laughs> but you see what people think it looks like, and then you see all of the zigzags and the turns and the lefts, the crooks and turns that you have to end up taking, and you wonder why in the world it's taking so long. It's because you're weaving over here. You got to deal with this. Because as soon as you're trying to do this thing, somebody is making noise over here, and you got to put out a fire over here. You got to deal with something over here. And through all of that, you've got a person who has been through all of that zigzag course of life. Anybody been zigzagging in life? You've been, you, you, you know, going through. Look, look at that. Talk to some of these folks after you thought you were the only one. And I just want you to realize that. When he was just, when Paul was admonishing Timothy and he said, therefore, you must endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He told him in, in, in the first verse of that, of that same chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1, he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I never forget several years ago, I did a men's conference up on top of a mountain in the Adirondack Mountains of upstate New York. And all of these men up here on the mountain that snowed every day while we were up there. And I had them to go through the, the lodge and wake all of the men up every morning just declaring these words. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You have to understand that grace, grace, is the divine enabling ability of God to be what God has called you to be and to do what God has called you to do. That's a grace. You're not strong in your own ability, not strong in your history, but strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He says, be strong in the grace. Before he told him to endure this, he said, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He's already given you the resource. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Then he goes on to tell Timothy, Timothy, you must endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He was telling him, you're getting ready to go down a hard road, but he's, before he told him that, he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He says, Jesus has already provided a grace for you to do this. He's already provided a grace for you to do this. Sometimes people ask me, they say, Bishop Ron, how do you do this and, and handle a family and handle a large church and handle this and handle that and write books? And how do you? Grace! Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I wish I could tell them that it's because I've, I have a tremendous ability to multitask or because I've got wonderful planners and I'm able to use all kinds of adaptive tools to do this, that, or the other. But be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus because he says you must endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. But before he tells you to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, he says be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's why you'll see somebody married to somebody, and then, you know, you'll be wondering, I don't know how in the world she put up with him. I don't know how in the world he can live with her mouth. It's because they got a grace. They have a grace. I couldn't, de I couldn't deal with it. You don't have the grace. It's not your assignment. I know you wouldn't want that husband. I know you wouldn't want that wife because you don't have the grace to deal with them. But when God brings people together, He'll allow them, and you just wonder, how in the world can he just sit there and allow her to just run her mouth like that? How in the world can she just sit there and let him do her like, she's got a grace. 
She's got a grace. Let me tell you, when you find women that are no longer bothered by it, they've been a good soldier a long time. They're like, you know what? I done been through some stuff. This ain't nothing. This ain't what, what's coming out of his mouth right now? That ain't. Child, I wouldn't worry about, you know. They've already been through stuff. They've got a grace. There's a grace in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to just look at this, at this thing that's called the iceberg illusion. Take a look at that. You see, success is an iceberg. You just see a tip of the, tip of the iceberg. That's what people see is the part that comes through the water. That's all they see is what's on top. Now, look what's below that. Persistence. Failure, sacrifice, disappointment, good habits, hard work, dedication. That's the stuff that people don't see. They don't see when you're praying, when you are praying, scared to death, praying your eyeballs out. When you are pray- they, they don't see when you're laboring and sweating and sacrificing. And they don't see the disappointments. And they don't see the setbacks. And they don't see your discipline. They don't see your good habits. All of that stuff is under. But see, notice you, you, you're, you're going through. The, the, the fastest way, you know, to, to be able to do something is to be able to get through it. You want to be able to get through that thing. The way out of the water is through. You've got to go through disappointment, through sacrifice, through failure, through uh, persistence. You've got to go through dedication and hard work and through good habits. You've got to go through prayer, unrelenting prayer, praying without ceasing. You've got to go through it, through it, through it, through it. It's not what it looks like. There'll be people that'll be balling and see the folks that see the, the symbols of the success. They see the car. They see the bling, bling. They see the house you live in. All of that's just on... That's just, that's a little stuff that's just on the, on the top. But you see, the greater part, the bigger part of the iceberg is always under the water. Only about 10% of the ice shows above the water. 90% is under the ground. That's the stuff that goes under the ground when nobody notices you, when you're working in the dark, when nobody's running trying to help you. That's where the real work of, of success is done. It's underground. It's what you do ahead of time. It's not the stuff that peers through. Once you come through, you're through. But they didn't see what preceded that. And I just wanted to show you the flip side of some of the things that's on the, on the bottom side of when God brings you through something. And I just, I, I just want to remind you of this, that if you will do what others want, God will give you the results that everybody else craves. If you will do what others won't do, then God will give you the, the, the results that everybody craves.